Before we get into this week's podcast, we got to tell you about the people that make this show possible. Like Johnstone Supply in Troy, helping people across upstate New York for decades. Now they can help you find that AC unit you're looking for to stay cool all summer long. The spot for you is Johnstone Supply in Troy. You stop in, you say hello to their great staff, and they will help you find an AC unit that you're looking for to stay cool all summer long. Whatever it might be, whether it's maintenance, the one that you have, whether it's just an upgrade that you want, competitive prices, you can find it right there, 6th Avenue in Troy our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy. Give them a call today, 518-272-5922. 518-272-5922. That is the number to get a hold of our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy. We've been working with them from Godzilla Media's launch till now. We want to hope that you can support them this summer. More time for that number, 518-272-5922. Stop in 6th Avenue. Grab some tools as well. Always competitive prices for those summer projects. And check them out on social media. Johnstone Supply NY. You head on to Facebook, you search that, you're going to find all the updates that you need so you can stay up to date with our friends at Johnstone Supply and Troy. One more time, 6th Avenue. And on Facebook, Johnstone Supply NY. Find that AC unit and more that you're looking for this summer at Johnstone Supply in Troy. All right, let's do it. Let's get into this week's edition of Getting There with Gaz. <laughs> Another edition here of Getting There with Gods, where we talk about the career journeys of athletes, coaches, media members, business owners, and more from upstate New York. This guy has now been across a bunch of different spots in upstate New York. You might have heard his voice a few different places. We've got an interesting story to tell, and especially with our title, which we won't reveal quite yet to our visual audience, about his journey. He is Vinny Martone. Uh, Vinny, for those who don't know you, take us back to a younger version of you, six, seven, eight years old. Where'd you grow up? What'd you want to be as a kid? It wasn't that same dream job you wanted when you were 18 years old. Uh, definitely wasn't the same dream job. I feel like six, seven, eight, I may have wanted to be a fireman, although that, that yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> from Troy, Lansingburg, um, if anybody is from there, uh, Corliss Park area. Um, you may not know that, guys, but that area is a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, went to Lansingburg. Um, and by the time I became 18, no, not the same dream job. I don't even know if at 18 radio was a dream job, to be honest. I feel like radio didn't become a thing for maybe a few more years after that. So when you're 18 years old, is college the idea? Do you not want to go to school? If it's not radio or not media in mind, are you even looking at some of the traditional media schools to do post high school? So when I was in maybe freshman year of high school i was talking with a teacher in a study hall her son was in radio i wish i had caught his name i have no clue who it was uh but he went to the new school um she was talking to me about that knew i liked music knew i liked doing like video production with uh windows movie maker it's odd though they're similar um but we talked about that for a little bit and it kind of exited my mind by the time i graduated high school um, got a great job right out of high school. Um, I had some connections with the city of Troy and I just had a really good job 
than better than most may have had at 18. So I never even thought of college at that point. Um, not until maybe 2011, 2012, I ended up with somebody who wanted to pursue radio. It kind of sparked that thought back in my mind and it may have been a little stage three clinger at the time. So I along for radio school. Um, and I, I have no clue where they are now, but I think my passion may have outgrown them. So wait, this radio school, for those who might not be familiar with this from outside of the Capital Region, you're talking about the new school, which is a school that is, you know, I'll let you describe it. Ex- explain what the new school is for some people who've never heard of it before. Yeah, so the new school, it's it's like a tech school, vocational school. Um, a lot of the people that were there actually took the uh, two-year course, I believe, in communications from Hudson Valley. Uh, they took that course and they finished the last six months at the new school. Uh, I didn't go that route. I just did the six month course, uh, which pretty much taught me how to run a board, um, how to actually speak on a microphone, how to enunciate. Um, it taught you how to do a radio show and the ins and outs of a radio, but not like the, the fine detail, the nuts and bolts. Uh, but they did that for TV. They did that for radio. I think as things went on, they ended up doing it for just podcasting and video production as well. Uh, I don't think they're even open anymore, though. You beat me to my question because I was going to say about the new school, and this is no disrespect to other institutions, no. whether they be a college or a trade school or whatever it might be. Schools that are such specialized in certain technology in a certain time frame, like we're talking about you, the early 2010s, Unfortunately, because of the world, a lot of the stuff they're teaching may not even exist, like the equipment, the software, the skill set. So there's my answer. I was going to say, do you think schools like that can exist in 2022? I guess the answer is no. Um, I, I, I don't know if a school that's purely dedicated to it, maybe not in Albany, in, in a bigger area, maybe um, if you're p- painting media with a broad brush, maybe. Um, but I, I went for a tour maybe two years ago and there were only two or three students in the class. So I, I think a lot of it is radio has evolved. Um, media in general has evolved. Podcasting has become a thing. So in a market like Albany, it just probably wasn't feasible for them anymore. So you attend these classes, you're in this college institution. What happens next? Do you get an opportunity to potentially enter this field? So I had two opportunities when it came Ooh. to it. Um, one of my instructors, he saw me with production and just thought I was a natural with it. Um, and I actually was offered a internship, then clear channel, now iHeart, um, with their production director. They, they really didn't do internships with him, but it was a pure production internship. And I sat back and thought, okay, that's cool. Uh, the guy's well-renowned. I heard of him just from being in the radio school. Duke was his name. I don't think he's their production director anymore. Um, but I also got an opportunity at Town Square, Town Square Media. Um, that was an on-air um, internship. And I sat and thought, I had heard the horror stories of iHeart, the, the layoffs that could happen, how hard it could be to break in at iHeart. And I just thought, well, let's try Town Square. Maybe I can develop a good enough reputation and maybe long term that could work out. So you get this opportunity at Town Square. What is your role early on? Is it just production? Is it uh, maybe eyeing on air? Is there something even away from it, which I have a feeling it's that classic entry level job that a lot of people in this field do? Oh, yeah. 
So at the time it was just the internship. Um, I was 20. Um, they needed you to be 21 to be on like the promo team, which is where most people in radio start out. So after that internship ended and I was doing little bits of production, little data entry stuff, some on air. After that, I maybe went eight months where I didn't do anything in radio. And then finally, somebody who I had developed a friendship with, with reached out to me and said, would you want to be on the promo team? Uh, at the time, they called them LOLs, live on location. I hear LOL now and <laughs> describes the position. Uh, <laughs> LOL street team, uh, promo team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did that for a few years. Um always in the background trying to get more working with pds or brand managers as town square calls them working with them to try to get on air to do demos meet with meeting with them every every few weeks going over my stuff trying to improve um eventually i would start board hopping um for um 104.5 the team yankee games devil's games um did that for a few years too so was working with a lot of great people armin williams um Steve Richards, Jeff Levac, yourself. And eventually, eventually, about two years in, was able to finally get an on-air slot on Q103. Was that your goal, though? Did you want to be – like, once you get inside the building, what is that goal for you? Is it still production? Is it on-air? Did, did the goal change when you started to find out certain things about the industry? The goal changed because it, I always wanted to be a production director. In, in radio school, that was what I wanted. When I sat in with the production director at Town Square, Steve Obi, for a week in my internship, I was like, yeah, this is what I want because I like production. Um, it doesn't even matter if it's commercials. It, it makes no difference. I just like producing. But then I kind of realized you don't have to be a production director to produce. Um, and I switched it more to get on air. I figured that could open more doors. If anything, it adds to a resume, it builds experience. And if you're doing production, you're going to be a production director. You have to be fairly smooth when you talk. And to get to production director, I thought I've had to do on air. I think some people let's let's take a step back here for a second, because there might be some younger people that hear the term production director and think, oh, like he produces a podcast like he's producing the audio. Which, which it's some elements is true, but I think we should just explain the whole daily responsibilities yeah. of a production director. So daily responsibilities of a production director, they can vary from radio station to radio station, but the bulk of the work is the same. You get a production order, tells you client uh, A needs a 30 second commercial done. And here's all the wording. Sometimes you may have to write the, the script for it. Uh, other times it's pre-written, you record it, you put music under it, or you find somebody else to record it, you put music under it, and you produce it. Send it to the sales rep, they send it out to the client for approval. From there, it gets approved, you put it into the system, and your job's done there. Uh, it's pretty much rinse and repeat like that all day. Uh, other various things can be thrown into a, um, a production director role. Some of them do traffic. Um, a lot of the, a lot of what I've noticed in most markets, most radio stations, production directors are kind of the jack of all trades. They can step into any position. They could assist um, a brand manager. If somebody's called out sick, they could jump in on air. They usually they are kind of very well versed. It's a spot that some people would think about. Oh, like 
the heartbeat of a station in some ways because for that sales team for them to get an effective ad or read or their message out there the production director is that voice that is oh, really yeah. the final line between the listener and the salesperson and the business and everything else deciding on what happens there so there's a ton of responsibility and as that position has evolved as you just mentioned it's become a multiple position of on-air production maybe yeah. in some market sales maybe in some markets split in half maybe it's like one uh, on-air person's doing the production for a certain station and they chop it up there's different ways you could look at what a production director does so that becomes your goal because you're good with the software. You're good with the ear. You understand how to use it. So yep. this is 2017. You're in this interesting role where it's a little mix of board op, a little mix of street team, a little mix of production. What's the next step in your career? So at that point, I kind of hit a wall where at this point I started in 2013. That's when I started uh, doing the street team stuff. And now we're at the end of 2017. And I'm like, I'm going to give it one more year. I, I you know, I, I tried my hardest uh, at the time. I was still even just part time, you know, worked my ass off. Uh, and I just I wasn't seeing the payoff just yet. I felt like I was um, appreciated, respected, but I didn't see it in the paycheck. I didn't uh, see it in my position either. And then eventually, <laughs> a few weeks later, come to find out the production director was retiring. I saw that and nobody even questioned like hiring process. The GM came to me, he was trying to keep it hush hush for the moment. And he just came to me and said, um, Hey, just so you know, in case you've heard the production director is retiring. I don't want you to worry. I've already gone to corporate. We're aiming for you to become the production director and the joy the joy I felt uh, because finally I felt like everything was going to pay off and he retired and I got the role. What an awesome opportunity. You grinded at it. You had an idea of what you were good at because that's maybe the lesson here too. It's that yeah. you had these opportunities to figure out what you might be excelling at and could feel it and being honest with yourself. Like, okay, maybe I could pursue this music side of it. Maybe I could, per, per, you know, produce for a certain side of it. Okay. I know I'm the best at this production director role and filling in when he's out and having success at this. And now the opportunity opens. You get to have full-time status. You get to run these stations to work with the sales team. This is what you want. Now I'm sure when that moment happens, although like past guests, like there's a celebration, there's excitement. Yeah. Was there a sense of nervousness? Was there a oh. sense of like fear? Like, Oh, now it's time. Like this is the opportunity I wanted and I got to step up and make it happen. Yeah, there, there was a lot of nervousness. I, I would say everybody in radio always has like, I don't want to say they have massive egos, but most of us do. <laughs> and one of the things I never really had was a lot of confidence in myself. I knew I could do it, but I've been part-time for so long, I guess I almost in my own head thought that I couldn't do it. And the first few weeks, they were hard. It was a very big learning curve because I had helped with production. And I maybe had done it a week here, a week there when the production director was on vacation. Now I'm doing it every day. And I was slow. The first few days, I was working 12-hour days just to get everything done. Um, but within a few months, those nerves went away. Um and eventually I just, I settled into the role and I figured it out. 
one thing I think we need to add here too is that it's going to sound strange, but it makes sense to some people. The success of a sales department makes your job harder, which Correct. is kind of weird to sound out loud. Like right. there almost should be this internal conflict between a production director and a sales team because if their sales are churning so well, it gives you more work, but you need to have more work for the station to be well, but just as any type of any person's job, like nobody wants more work that you're not getting paid for. So it's a weird balance also that you're going through probably initially where you're like, I know this work they're giving me is good for everybody else, but I'm the one who has to carry this burden now. And I signed up for this. There's no getting out at this point. Right. And I think a lot of production directors have such a bad relationship with um, the sales team. Uh, I, I don't want to per se get into what I saw with the production director before me, but I know I've seen and heard other production directors sometimes can butt heads. Um, a lot of times over things like deadlines, things coming in late and the production director being like, no, you missed your mark, pal. Uh, but then the GM gets involved and it's like, well, you got to do it. But it's one of those things. Certain months are always going to be slow. February, usually a fairly dead month. January, fairly dead month. You get into May, June, July, even around Christmas time, you're slammed. So you almost, on those slower weeks, you just sit back and go, okay, I'll take it. But then when it gets busy, buckle up. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a whole different thing, especially for holidays. I remember when there would be times where people would put signs on your door, you're not allowed to come in here because he yeah. is too busy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so things seem to be going well you've got the job that you want even though there's added pressure and added responsibility things are happening how would you say this position evolved for the better or worse over the next i guess few years for you so for me i think at least with my time at least in albany um it, it evolved for the better at least for me workload wise um i had an operations manager that he trusted me um, to the nth degree. And there were so many things that I had on my plate that eventually uh, certain things started to come off. When I started doing production, I had to do all the continuity, the um, pretty much inputting of data for spots on the air. I had to do V creative. I had to do imaging. There were so many things I had to do. And eventually uh, digital for me was another thing. I was really good at it, but that came off and continuity came off and the role became more manageable. If anything, I think they probably got rid of some of that stuff because anytime I ever had somebody back me up, it was like, it was as if they couldn't match my pace. And it, it became very difficult to back me up and then I just didn't take many vacations. So I think it evolved for the better when things started to fall away. Uh, the company itself started to restructure certain areas and it got easier um, in the coming years. Well, those are all good things. So now that load is being lessened for you, there's a responsibility. That's a lesson there too of it's okay to talk to your boss and be like, hey, I need a little bit of help. Like I'm struggling. Yeah. I'm drowning here. Can yeah. I can I move some stuff in and out? And that's especially for younger people who enter the field that want to run in there as hot as they can and as fast as they can and do everything at once and not realize that there has to be a pace and you got to slow down, Tiger, a little bit about what you actually have to do in a role. Okay, so everybody has COVID affect their lives in somehow, some way over the last two years. How did COVID affect your life, both from a sales perspective, a production perspective, eventually the change in your career? Before Vinny shares that story with us, we hope that you can go out and support these great people, these great businesses that partnered with us here on Gonzalo Media. We hope that you can support them this summer. 
like Mohawk Honda, if you're looking to trade in your vehicle, this summer the spot for you to do it is Glenville, New York. It's a wild time right now with the supply chain where you can be trading in your vehicle and getting back the same price that you originally bought for it years ago. That's right, Mohawk Honda can do that for you right now. You stop and you say hello to the great staff and they can take care of you. I know from experience, the pilots sitting in the driveway, I got that summer road trips and more with Mohawk Honda. Now you can have that same bragging right. This is the time to do it. I don't want you to stall. I don't want you to wait. Well, maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. How hard is it just stopping a Mohawk on to make the drive wherever you live across upstate New York and find out the price you can get for your vehicle? You don't want to think back months from now and years from now. Ah, if I had just done it in the summer of 2022, I wouldn't be in a different spot right now. Don't have those regrets. Make the move. Check them out on social media. Nick and Nate always doing a great job about the new vehicles that are in line. You can get yourself into a 2023 ride just by stopping into Mohawk Honda and having money in your pocket. Mohawk Honda, Glenville, New York. We love the people. We love the maintenance, the sales, everybody over there. Now you have that same bragging right for yourself. Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. And our friends over at Lily and David Fine Jewelers, located at the shops of Wilton Route 50, cannot believe this day marks the fifth anniversary of when I proposed to my wife. Social media, always a nice reminder of when those great moments in your life happen. I remember it. Where did I stop in? Lily and David Von Jeweler, sweating, nervous, not quite sure exactly what I was going to do, what I was going to buy, what fit my budget. I had a little bit of an idea of that. But the staff there at Lily and David Von Jewelers walked me through that process of exactly what she's looking for, how to do the proposal. And make sure those two-for-one wedding band sales are going to be coming in the future. And make sure she's getting compliments on that ring you're about to buy. Guys, that ring is always there. That moment is always there. Make sure you get it right. The proposal, like I know from experience, may not go exactly as planned, but you can always get it right with the ring. The family owned and operated a business. Alyssa, David, and the crew will help you find exactly what she is looking for. Route 50, the Shops of Wilton, is the spot for you. The selection is fantastic. They'll definitely have what you're looking for, and they'll help you find what fits your budget and to make those memories for years to come. Alyssa, David, the whole crew, shout out to them. Love working with them. It's Lily and David Fine Jewelers. Route 50, the Shops of Wilton, stop in. When you get in there, tell me you heard about Goss's story from right here on Getting There with Goss. All right, Vinny Martone, tell us about that career change that happens that overall is a huge influence in the rest of your professional career. So COVID, it hit radio hard. Um, I'm sure every guest you've had on here, not even radio, media, hard. I remember there was one day, everything just started coming off the books. I think we lost almost a million in, in um, profit just by stuff coming off the books. Because places like places couldn't afford advertising anymore. They couldn't be open. How do you, how do you keep going? Um, and then eventually there were some, certain days... I might produce one commercial. There were certain days I would be doing way more programming things than production. Some days I wouldn't even touch production. Um, eventually, as things started to smooth over, uh, things started coming back, but it was still slow. Everything was still slow. Um, I was seeing a lot of people around me get cut. Uh, going back to that confidence thing, I think that shook me a lot in 2020. Um one thing I would love to say here uh, that's been kind of hard for me to admit, 2020, I think, was a massive reality check for me in radio because I slowed down. I think a lot of people in radio hit that that point where they got a lot of uncomfortability. 
And eventually I was one of the casualties. I got laid off. Um, and I was told it wasn't related to performance or anything, but deep down in my mind, I think it may have been, I, I think I may have lost my touch. I think you're being a little hard on yourself there though. I know that's a lot of self-reflection and thinking about what your performance is and any time where a career change happens, like you think, what could I have done differently or how could this have changed? But before you even said that you laid out the unknown, unprecedented obstacles, yeah. somebody in a position that like you had to face, you can only do so much with those obstacles in front of you. And you had already noted that, look, you'd seen it coming around like it's and it's not unique to Albany. This is not you and I going all over town square like this is like obvious. This is what happened in the world. But when you start noticing, okay, what my value is at this company and what I do for a living is now changing and what I've done on a day-to-day -day basis is going down in no fault of my own, that is not just, that's not you, it's the industry. And you right. saw that happen. So unfortunately that happens. You yeah. move on from Albany. What is the next few months like for you? What is your thought process? Because in this time in the world, media jobs aren't hiring and it has a self-reflection i'm sure again here for a second time for you where like i've been doing this for over a decade and i'm in my late 20s early 30s what is the next step for me and the next few months were tough i i already knew that i was just gonna lay low look i i wasn't one of those people wanting to, to you know milk the system but at the same time i knew the last few months working in radio were tough and i needed a little time to figure that out um, and eventually I did, and I saw a position in January. I got let go in October. I saw a position in January. Um, people were reaching out to me saying, hey, uh, there's a production director opening in Utica. Um, maybe you should try for that. And I'll tell you, when I got let go in radio, I, I sat there and was like, that's it, I'm done. I, not, not because I want to be, because I, I think that's just it. And I, I almost thought I wasn't good enough for it that I, I wouldn't get it, that I, I couldn't do it. And a few months roll on, that position's still open, and somebody from Town Square Utica reached out to me. Uh, they sent me a message. Not sure how everything went down at Town Square. Not sure what happened. But if you want, you should apply to this position. We think you'd be a great fit here. And that's exactly what I did. I got in touch with the managers, and a month later, I'm working in Utica. The crazy part about this, though, because we've talked to so many different people in media jobs and, and business owners are a little bit different. But one of the unique parts of your story, for sure, is that you are in this field. You're in radio. You're in production. You're produced. You're one of the few people that never had to leave like right. this. What's about to happen for you is you're about to leave your home market. And that decision of do I stay or do I move for the first time in my career? Like that's gotta be a huge weight that was on your shoulders at that point too. A, a job you just got released from and moving away from your home market. And that that's the thing. I knew I was an oddball to where Albany's not a small market. Albany's a fairly big market. Most people in radio, I would say 75% of the people I was surrounded by in Albany started somewhere else, started in a smaller market, worked their way to Albany. I got my shot in Albany and I, I didn't look at anything as far as market size. I didn't even care. I just wanted to keep doing what I loved. Um, but it did hit me near decade in, man, now I have to move. <laughs> now I have to think about, you know, rent at the time I was living at home. 
everything changed. Um, but I think for the better long term, I think for way for the better. So you take this opportunity in Utica, you go back into radio. Uh, is the responsibilities here different? Is the job different? Because it's still labeled as production director, just in a different market. And someone actually, I guess to add to that question too, although the market sizes are different, it's likely the same type of spots and commercials that are coming through. The quantity for your job is potentially not changing? Yeah, no. The the one thing I'll say about Utica, it's way smaller as far as market size. Uh, I think Utica is 172, Albany's upper 60s. So you would think, oh, yeah, it must slow down a lot. Not at all. Not at all. Utica, the, and I think a lot of it has to do with the, the heritage of the stations and the size of the stations that the Utica cluster has. And they're all very respectable stations. So they all have a very, very heavy spot load. Um, I would say production director in Utica, actually, in a lot of senses, was even a little more difficult than Albany. Hang on. So it's more difficult. Is that because you're also taking on other roles too, like on air or it's just, it's just what it is. Like, uh, what is it? Six to five. What was the overall radio station count in between markets? Um, Albany had six when I left They're back to five. Um, now in Utica, they have five. What I would say about Albany, um, Albany has got, a few of those big dog stations. Um, But then it had a few stations that were kind of working their way up. Utica, all five of those stations were established. So they were able to demand more. And they were more, people were able to, um, they wanted to be on all of them. So production-wise, I had to produce more. Um, Some of the production responsibilities were a little bit different. I was more hands-on with writing commercials in Utica. Um, and on top of that, like you were saying, some of the other responsibilities in the role were a little bit different too. I also was doing way more digital, um, which I also excelled at, but I also was on a radio station that was number one in the market. So there was just, there were more pressures. Younger people might hear this and be like, okay, so he goes from Albany to Utica. He has a position open up. He's able to shift over into a new market. But when you hear that market size difference from 60 to 150, 160, whatever it is, is the on-air staff similar in size as well? Say, for instance, like you were 20 or 21 or 22. Is a live on location team there? Are entry-level positions there? Because that might be the fear of some people. Like, I know he started in Albany. What if he had started in Utica and went to Albany? Would his career have been different? Should he have started, you know, if he was 20, should he have started in Utica and gone to Albany? See where I'm going with this where it's like, are those opportunities still there in market 160? even in different spots compared to 60. I myself would always say, uh, and maybe three years ago, I wouldn't have said this, but you're better off starting a small market. In the Utica cluster, I think our staffing site, we, we had more staff. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that was. You know, Maybe they were more profitable, maybe whatever it may have been. I think sometimes the smaller markets if it's a bigger corporation like town square, or if it is, um, you know, iHeart, maybe they don't have that lens on them the way that a bigger market may, uh, the bigger markets, um, are watching the bottom line a whole lot more, a whole lot more intensely. Um, when I started in Albany, it was nearly full staffed. And by the time I left, obviously COVID changed a lot of that, you know, it, it got to be where there weren't many people left in the building. 
Um, Utica kind of stayed consistent. It seemed like the entire time, from what I had heard, even through COVID, not many people were let go. Um, when I went there, the staff was, it wasn't fully staffed, but it was close. Um, and I think starting in a smaller market's better. You, you, you get more opportunity in a smaller market. Now you've used some past tense words there. Stayed consistent when I went there. I know this is almost fresh for you. So you can say as much or as little as you'd like about why you are no longer with Town Square Utica. Kind of take us through as much or as little as you'd like to share about that story. Yeah. I think for me, um, production director is a very difficult role. Um, it takes a very skilled and strong person mentally to do that position. And I think it's also the type of position, it can wear you down. And I think that's what it did to me. It got to where I just was having a hard time getting the job done. Uh, mentally, I could tell I wasn't the same person I was before. I was complaining a lot more. I maybe wasn't such a joy to be around. And it just got to a point where I sat back and thought, man, can I keep doing this? Love my managers. I'm paid just fine. I like the work I do. I'm happy. I, I'm happy this is my career. But is it worth the added stress? And it just got to a point with no disrespect to them, my managers or anybody. I just, I, it was time to go. Um, I, I, I did what I wanted to do. I had a decade in radio and I just decided, you know what? This might be my time. Might be my time to go find something else. So you decided to leave on your own. You said, you know what? It's time for a career change. I've done this long enough. I know what this job is. This is not mentally what I want to do anymore. I want to try something different with there's nothing wrong with that. Changing careers has been a story of a lot of past getting there with gases, whatever field that it might be. So you decide to change your career. However, when we're taping this in early August of 2022, when I originally was going to have you on as a guest, uh, things have changed again. Can we talk about that at this time? If we can't, we can't. I'll just leave that for a tease for another social media post for the future. What can I ask you about what's coming up next in the summer for you? So if anything, I, I'll get into it a little bit. Um, things have changed a little bit. Um, through my time in radio and to anybody who's looking to get into radio, the best piece of advice I could give you, put your best foot forward. No matter who it is you're talking to, even if you don't know who it is, because you're going to establish relationships without even realizing you are. And that's something I did in 2018, 2019. I established a relationship within Town Square with somebody who was fairly high up on the ladder and I impressed them. And as of right now, I actually am going back to town square, um, but in a different role. Um, I'm not going to quite go into exactly what it is, um, but I was able to use a relationship that I had gained and an impression that I left. And all I did was send a message. Do you have anything? And they did. And that's where we're at today. I Wait. want you to get, I want you to give me more details and maybe a potential future episode or a bonus issue because that story right there could be the most influential story for someone's career as they're waking their way through and finding those connections and things like that. So 
I will keep that story for another day for you. Uh, you you beat me to my favorite question. I close these with what best advice for where you want to go in your career. Best advice. for and That was a great answer. So I didn't want to ask it twice for you. I, instead, I kind of want to pivot this conversation in this direction. And I'm sure you're going to laugh or smile because you and I have had this conversation multiple times over the last two to three years. Let's talk about the future of production overall in the audio space in particular. Now, keep your jokes about my audio production to yourself and the guys who can listen to this advice and take notes. We'll keep those jokes between you and I. But what do you see 19, 20, 21 year olds who are trying to do podcasts, trying to do production, whether it be video or whatever that field is for celebrities, athletes, coaches who are trying to launch this? Where do you see the production audio field heading towards the future? I think it's going to grow. It's going to get even bigger um production on a radio end i think will stay the same um i i don't see how it could get any less or any more um you're always going to need a production director in radio or at least you're always going to need to have somebody with a very strong production skill but the thing is if you're young in radio learn production it makes you very valuable um the more you can do the better you're going to be because then you have more opportunity. If you if you want, if all you want is to get on air, that's fine. A lot of people, all they've ever wanted was to get on air. You still should know basic production. And it's, it can be fun. And if you are interested in it, learn even more. Watch YouTube videos showing you how to use Adobe Audition. You know, ask people who've been in radio for a while, how do you do this thing? How do you make this sound effect? Pick brains, but I think it's going to grow audio-wise through podcasting, um, and I, I myself love it because somebody with my skill could have so many opportunities that I know myself I don't even know about. I would be dropping the ball if I didn't do this now, and I will do a full put-you-over pro wrestling style right now. For a young podcaster who is looking for help on production or someone who's looking to have something added to their podcast, might listen to getting there with guys who has no idea what to do in this spot, or you want to send Vinny some samples to get true feedback on and tell you what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong, shout out an email, a social media page where people can connect with you, especially future podcasters and people who want to dive into this audio world in the non-traditional media space. Yeah. So if uh, email would be probably the best way, I'm the odd 30 year old who pretty much only uses Facebook. I feel like I might be 60 by saying that. Um, I, I don't know much about the Twitters or the Instagrams, the Snapchats or that. <laughs> well, Bill Belichick, the snap face. That's right. <laughs> but no, um, if you reach out to me on Facebook, Vinny Martone, I'd be glad to hear some of your stuff. Um, I'd be glad to tell you what it is you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, as constructively as possible. Um, if you want to send anything to an email, I check that every day. Uh, V-M-A-R-T-O-N-E-9-1 at gmail.com. Look at that. The plugs are in. The audio's coming your way. Vinny Martone, Traffic Guy Vinny, Shirtless Vinny. There's many aliases you might have seen him. No, please keep your shirt on. I, I don't I don't want to see the retention level of people fast forwarding to Vinny with his shirt off. The numbers later in the analytics. Thank God. you for doing this. I'm, I'm glad you did not give me grief about making you wait about a year and a half into this as one of my very good friends in this field. So I appreciate you. Uh, it's not too long ago. You're at my wedding four years ago. So salve, guys. That is not Matt Woods, who almost got thrown into the lake in my wedding. That is Vinny, who Spacey's see. So thank you. Away from that. That's right. <laughs> thank you for doing this, my friend. Appreciate you. Best of luck in the next endeavor. And uh, 
some soon to be Utica pizza will be consumed as much as you don't want to admit how great their pizza is at a certain place near you. It's it's okay. Thank you. Here come the hate comments from Utica. Goodbye, Vinny. <laughs>